1: tiktok and twitter at ringer nfl
0: it's new york new york presented by FanDuel. the second half of the nba season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, america's number one sports book right now you can check out the new and improved parlay hub filter by odds sport and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page plus Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit TheRinger.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem? call 100 gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG.
2: There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class, leading passenger space, and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.
0: Let's baby. It is a bonus Tuesday edition of New York, New York. John Zestremski with you. Ringer Podcast Network. I know we've been giving you a lot of content over the last 72 hours. We really have, but the Giants lose 40 to nothing. We do a Twitter spaces that we post after the Jets win in dramatic fashion on Monday Night Football, but now it's official. Monday is a monumental blow for the franchise. Aaron Rodgers shades of Benny Testaverde in 1999, blowing out the Achilles, out for the year. I said, all right, perfect day because of what's going on in Jet and Metland. To welcome in my pal, my old producer, he was at the game last night. He is a Met season ticket holder, but they're uh, secondary as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Fleagues, you got everything combined a one last night. You got anguish, you got pain, you got suffering, and then you got an uplifting, spirited win. So it's 24 hours later. Your quarterback's done for the year. Talk me through how you're feeling right about now as a Jet fan.
3: Uh, To quote my girl Taylor Swift uh, from my favorite song, Miserable and Magical. I mean, last night was a night that really no other fan base could ever experience. Nobody, especially when you add in being a Mets fan on top of it, there's just nothing that I can ever think of and i was trying to go back through even what other teams have been through i can't think of anything that compares to what jets fans went through last night i don't I, i want to say suffered then i don't want to say suffered because the end of the game was jubilant it was a fun moment but it was the most bizarre night and overall you know three four hour experience that i've ever had as a sports fan
0: okay you've gotten a lot of jet games You've gone a lot of games in the old stadium. I know you don't go nearly as much in MetLife due to work and the idea of wanting to watch all the football, which I totally understand. But pregame, before Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are unveiled, was that the most raucous MetLife stadium you had ever been in?
3: MetLife stadium, definitely. The only Jets game, Jets home game I've been to that rivaled it was the last game at Giants Stadium when Sunday night, we knew the Jets were winning in. If they clinch, they're going to the playoffs. And even that one was a little weird because people were hyped up, but it was a couple degrees below zero, so people wanted to get inside before the game. I mean, last night was just this epic party from beginning to end. There were Bills fans there. There was always Bills fans, but it felt like there were more Jets fans for a Jets-Bills game or Jet any divisional rival game than there ever had been before. It just felt like the, you know, figurative roof was ready to explode off of MetLife Stadium. The pregame was awesome. Everybody's in their seats. Everybody's into it. And then just like that, it's gone. But I will give the crowd credit for one thing. After initially the air was all sucked out, as soon as the Jets started to play a little bit better and show you that they were still alive in this game, the crowd was back in it. In the fourth quarter in overtime, the crowd was off the charts.
0: Well, I could hear it. I mean, it seemed loud in the fourth quarter. It seemed loud when they have the punt return return for a touchdown, you end up winning the game. And it just seemed like Freaks, a lot of people stuck around. I mean, as you should, you go to Monday Night Football, you go to the opening game, it's tied going to overtime. What the hell are you doing leaving? Uh, unless you're not a General Bill fan, then do whatever the hell you want to do. Could you guys from the stadium sense immediately that Rodgers was doomed? Like, I'm watching the play at home, so I have a different vantage point, a different perspective. I'm watching it. It's a normal football hit. It's a normal football play. Very average. See that sort of stuff all the time. There was a look in Aaron Rodgers' face, Fliggs, where he, you could see it. He's like, I'm I'm fucked. I'm done. I'm out. Something happened here. When did that, like, really start to take shape in the stadium where I think everybody realized the, the magnitude of the injury?
3: When the card came out, that was the moment. Because at first, again, it's it seems like a routine play, right? Maybe it's a little sprain, it's whatever. And we couldn't see the look on his face. They didn't do any close-ups on the replays or anything like that. People started to then look at their phones, which you can do now, of course. And so they they see the images on Twitter or whatever. But it was really the moment when the card comes out that it just kind of clicked. Like, all right, this is this is probably something serious.
0: Well, the amazing thing about Monday night's game, and you kind of hit on it. I did it yesterday after the game. The Jets had so many things go right. They win against a division rival, the team that's won a division each of the last three years. They make Josh Allen the worst quarterback on the field, which is saying something because we watched Zach Wilson play for three and a half quarters, and he actually outperformed Josh Allen. That's how bad Allen was on Monday night. You have Brees Hall running the ball great. Yet yeah, Garrett Wilson make this insane touchdown reception. You had the defense go and force turnovers. Fleeks, only the Jets could give you so many great things to feel good about, and yet you can't enjoy it because of everything that transpired with Rodgers. It's truly amazing.
3: No, it's truly sick. And
0: I don't even want to say that they had
3: things go right. JJ, they, for the first time in a long time, they made things go right. This defense dominated because they built and have coached up an elite level championship caliber defense. You know, they have skilled players on offense because they went out and they drafted Garrett Wilson, who's a superstar. And that catch for the touchdown was unbelievable. They went out and they drafted Brees Hall. They added Dalvin Cook. They have all this. They built a team that could go win a Super Bowl. And everything that, if you were an optimistic Jet fan, like I was, you were validated last night. This team showed you, hey, with Aaron Rodgers, this was a legitimate Super Bowl contender that was right up there with any of the other really good but flawed in some areas teams in this league and it's not even you know so much of the bad stuff with the jets in the past is you know kind of self-inflicted this was just bad luck this was just a terribly unlucky play that has taken up way you know way too many of our top athletes off the field off the court and it came to haunt the jets at the worst time it feels worse because it's the same injury with Vinny 24 years ago the last time the jets had a team this good but there's nothing that the Jets actually did wrong here. You want to really break it down, get into the weeds. All right, Aaron Rodgers probably should have thrown the quick slant to Garrett Wilson, and then this could have been avoided. But how often in every game does every quarterback make a decision? And then his season doesn't end because of it. Four snaps into the season, it's unreal.
0: Okay, 2 question for you. First off, plan for the rest of this year at quarterback. Are you fully on board? I know you're not a fan of his. I think we both agree he absolutely stinks. The way I see it, Fliggs, he's here. They took him number two overall. I'm giving Zach Wilson this year make or break and show me that you can be competent as an NFL quarterback. Now, I'm not opposed to the Jets going and getting a quarterback. You want to tell me to go and sign Carson Wentz, who makes sense because he can move around. You want to tell me to get Nick Foles as a backup, great, no problem with it. I don't see where they're getting, though, a difference-making quarterback. Like, Brady's not coming here. Forget about it. The the Rams are not giving up on the season. They're not trading you, Stafford. and You're not making the money work. He makes a gazillion dollars. Same could be said for Kyler Murray. Where do you stand at quarterback for the rest of this year? Is it Zach Give him every last opportunity? Or do you want to see them go get somebody else to maybe go and play the position because they'll do a better job of it? Where do you stand?
3: Well, listen, as you said, I'm not a Zach Wilson fan, but when you name all the other options out there, there aren't a lot of guys that I think could do a whole lot better. One thing I will give Zach Wilson is he is so physically gifted and has the talent to, if he can just play within himself and not make the crucial mistakes, like he tried to yesterday with the interception of Matt Milano. He's got two open receivers for nice short to intermediate games on first down and tries to force a 13-yard pass into double coverage. No idea what he was thinking there. But if he can avoid those moments with the talent they have around him, they can be efficient enough. Listen, Super Bowl's out the window now, obviously. But this could be a team that's still winning nine or ten games if they can just survive the early part of the schedule, play better in the back end. The defense showed you last night. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. They have a wide receiver one and running back one combo that most other teams, maybe no other team, can match up with in Wilson and Hall. You saw Brees Hall be so electric even coming off the first game off of the ACL. I would say Zach Wilson is the quarterback right now. I'm not committing to anything for the whole season yet because the Jets have their buy after week six. If Zach Wilson is struggling, you know, you're right. The Rams aren't going to trade you Matthew Stafford right now. Let's revisit that in a few weeks. And maybe as you get closer to the trade deadline, other teams are more willing to make some moves. The two guys I would look out now, they're, two of the, they're under contract. I don't love the idea of Wentz, although the free agency is the best option, but I would make a phone call and see what it would take to get Jameis Winston or even Gardner Minshew. You, you know, I've always been a Jameis Winston fan. I, I, so I'm just, I'm dying on that hill. I'm ready to now do it on my team. If you can get him for a late round pick, put him in an offense with this much skill around him. I'll take my chances. And I've always thought Gardner Minshew was an effective game manager with the occasional flashy play that never got a fair chance. The rest of like people talking about Matt Ryan and some of these older quarterbacks. Can't I, move I, I behind this there.
0: offensive line, that's a disaster. You can't right. have a quarterback who's immobile behind this line. It's just not good enough.
3: No, listen, at that point, I'll give Zach a chance and this this is it for him. This is it. You know, they and Sala said all the right things to say. The one guy who really has won me over recently, Robert Sala, he handled last night perfectly. Whatever he said to the team at halftime, obviously galvanized them and got them going to give you a, a kick ass effort in the second half. He's saying all the right things right now. He's standing by Zach Wilson. I'm curious to see how much of what they're saying about this is a different Zach. They really believe because you saw them kind of take away the whole playbook yesterday when Zach Wilson came into the game. A lot of run, run, pass, run, run, pass, just hoping he doesn't hurt them, especially after the interception. How much freedom do they give him? And Zach Wilson, this is your opportunity. It's year three. You were the number two overall pick a couple years ago. You have the talent. You know, sit him down, show him tape of the 49ers and say, hey, Zach, instead of all these comparisons to Patrick Mahomes because you can make these crazy acrobatic plays, play like Brock Purdy. Stay within this offense. Rely on the skill position players around you and this defense. And let's try to build on something and maybe get to the postseason for the first time in 12 years.
0: You know, I've been saying all along, playoffs are bust for this head coach. That when Aaron Rodgers coming in the fold, that if the Jets were not playing in the postseason, they'd have themselves a new head coach. Fleeks, I got to revisit and reconsider that now. I mean, they are not dealing with the same set of circumstances that we were talking about 24 hours ago. Now, the Jets can't go 5-12 and 12 this season. But I think, and you can jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. That's fine. Be that as it may. Uh, do as you please. I think if the Jets are competitive and it's obvious that The quarterback is just not good enough. And we're talking about seven or eight wins. And they're kind of in the same predicament that they were in last year. Uh, I don't know about you, but I I think the head coach gets a mulligan. He's back next year. Would you agree?
3: Almost 100%. Like, unless there's something crazy, which now I I feel like after last night, I always have to leave the door open for crazy. Probably should have with the Jets anyway. Yeah, you should. Please do. Please do. Uh, But, yeah, if he gets seven or eight wins with Zach Wilson or whoever they bring in at the quarterback, you know, so much of this team, personnel wise, is going to be here next year. So there is still the belief and the hope amongst Jets fans that whether it's Rogers coming back or something they do this offseason, this team had a two to three year window to chase the Super Bowl. So year one is now out the window, but the rest of that is still going to be on the table. And unless there's some kind of unbelievable disaster that Salah is a part of, you know, after last night it, it looks unfathomable that he could lose this locker room the way the guys played for him in the second half, the level he and Jeff Olbert have this defense at, I would be shocked if Robert Salah is not the coach of this team next year, no matter what. Uh,
0: I would agree. And I'd be shocked if Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback of this team. And look, I heard Dan Marino earlier today did a hit with our buddy, our old colleague, Kevin Clark. He's right about the Achilles. Dan Marino had productive NFL years, but was clearly never the same player after rupturing his Achilles, and he did it in his early 30s. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers now doing it at 40, but we know Rodgers. He's fierce. He's competitive. He's a badass. I can't envision Fleeks the last moment of his NFL career being carted off the field at MetLife Stadium. I have no idea what he's going to look like next year. Uh, Who the hell knows? That's anybody's guess, but I would fully expect that he's playing football next season.
3: Yeah, listen, it might not work. They might not win with him next year. I've seen some doctors estimate that athletes in the NFL can come back at like 80 to 85% of what they were before the injury, which you're still probably getting an above-average quarterback in the league in Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how successful it will be, but I would be stunned if he lets last night be his final moment on an NFL field. Just from everything we know about him as a competitor, there's no way.
0: Um, Ceiling. 10 wins playoffs is that best case scenario for this team moving forward that's kind of the way I see it
3: yeah 10 11 wins you know one playoff these oh, fleeks! they some- went 11
0: games with Zach Wilson give Robert salad a coach at year tomorrow oh, 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 I, I, I mean give him the coach oh, of the that year that tomorrow they went 11 right. games
3: but you know a wild card berth you know the, the uh, not even just the bills who we've agreed that you know they're a team that could go either way we both think the head coach is overrated I'm um, I've been riding high on your Dolphins. You know, I don't want to say anything premature, but those Dolphins preseason tickets to win the division look pretty good right now. Quiet place. Quiet place. Right. Out of respect, I'll I'll save that until January. Uh, But I think they could still make the play. We've seen teams do it before with great defense, running game, skill position players. We've seen it happen before, but they're not going to a Super Bowl. Could I see a position where they're, you know, like the Titans teams of a few years ago, Zach Wilson plays efficient football when they're in the postseason and they win a game or two, sure, at some point, not having that elite-level quarterback, sooner or later, you're going to find a team in a matchup that trips you up.
0: Fleek's final one, I want to put you in better news. David Stearns, it felt like it was the worst-kept secret in the world. Maybe your owner realized that a good chunk of the fans, the Jeff fans, that he wanted them to have something to feel good about Uh, after finding out Aaron Rodgers ruptures his Achilles. um, Look, Built winning teams in Milwaukee, had great pitching, didn't have great offensive pieces. Um, but as a whole, listen, highly accomplished baseball guy, feel like it's a move that's just very, very tough to knock. I mean, I can't knock it. I think it's a fine move by Cohen.
3: No, listen, it's the move that had to be made. It's a move that we we've all known, it's so strange that we've known for years that Steve Cohn wanted to make this specific move and this specific hire. It's finally happened. As disappointing as the season has been for Mets fans, obviously it was a disaster of I would say effort proportions, but of course, you know, the Rodgers news last night's the Flays, it's so weird. You know, Rogers says he wants to be a jet in March later that night. Edwin Diaz is out for the year. Last night, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. A couple hours later, all right, David Stern is gonna be the president of the Mets, but it's the right hire. You have to be excited like when Andrew Friedman went to the Dodgers. What is a guy who's had success in a smaller market, regular season? just minimally in the postseason, but what can a guy like that do with not just more resources, with Steve Cohen, more resources than anybody else in the league?
0: Mike Feigelman, my buddy, uh, hang in there. I will see you in a couple of weeks. You got Penn State football to look forward to. Maybe let's cash a Penn State to the playoff ticket that might be uh, pending in the J.J. Fanduel account. Well, let's do that, okay?
3: Can I get Drew Aller on a Jets uniform for next week? i take him over Zach Wilson.
0: I mean, I can't blame you after what I saw uh, week one against the West Virginia Mountaineers. My buddy, my pal, the great Mike Flegelman. Fleegs, I'll see you later, buddy. Take care.
3: i see you, J.J. All
0: right, we go from Fleegs, and then we have the tight end of the New York Giants, Darren Waller. Uh, the Giants need him healthy. They need a whole lot of different things to go their way uh, after what we saw in week one, 40 to nothing. I mean, I thought the Giants had the worst performance or the worst result. I shouldn't say performance. The Jets had a great performance. The result ended up being an out-and-out disaster. So that's a better way to phrase it and put it. But pretty rotten, really, when you think about New York football and where we thought we were going to be and where we are a week later. Quite insane. All right, Darren Waller of the New York Giants He's coming up next.
1: sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, you want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the hotels.com app today. Let's welcome to the show a a guy, by the way, who, if he wasn't playing tight end for the New York Giants, uh, there's room for him on the Knickerbocker roster because I saw him in training camp. He's got ups. I I think the jumper is probably pretty good too. The tight end of the New York Giants, who is doing some good stuff with Icy Hot, Darren Waller. What's happening, Darren? How you doing, my man?
2: I'm doing great, man. How about you?
0: So, Darren, I guess a lot of Giant fans wondering, as you're working with Icy Hot right now, was there a lot of Icy Hot on that hammy uh, throughout the course of the week or what?
2: Yeah, no, pl- plenty of it, actually. Um, it's something, Icy Hot, something I've been able to use for the last couple years of working with them and, you know, I, with my story and everything, I Being the pain coach and whatnot, I had to find different methods of of dealing with the day in and day out uh, of the pain. So, actually, that really has helped me a lot. And, you know, that with other modalities, but that's been a consistent part of what I've been doing for the last couple of years.
0: Well, Darren, obviously, pain tolerance is something that you guys have to deal with. Life in the NFL, taking the hits, going through the process at training camp and whatnot. And, look... You're a fantastic player. There's no getting around that. I saw you in Vegas. I saw you torched the Miami Dolphins a couple of years ago. That wasn't a pleasant sight for me. Uh, but throughout the course of the week, you know, we see your name on the injury report. So, Giant fan probably wondering, how's Darren Waller feeling
2: going into week two? You feeling all right? Yeah, no, I, I understand uh, the Giants fans' worries. But, yeah, I, I was able to play the whole game, not have any type of setback, and do everything that was needed of me to do on a wet surface on top of that so that allowed me to feel confident about going into this next weekend going forward and being able to move past it pretty quickly.
0: Listen, Darren, obviously not what you wanted week one against the Dallas Cowboys. Is that the sort of situation? You've been in the NFL a long time. Listen, you're going to have big wins. You're going to have tough losses. When you lose a game like that, is it as simple as, hey, burn the tape? We were terrible. We have a lot to learn. Or do you feel like watching and dissecting what transpired against the Cowboys can really help you guys going up against Arizona?
2: Um, yeah. I mean, I've been, I've, I've gotten mops a few times in my, in my career. So I, I understand how you approach it. Some coaches are like, all right, burn it. In some situations, that's what's right. But for us, we watched, we watched the tape and I felt like it was, it was good to do so because it was all It was a lot of self-inflicted wounds, like tons of self-inflicted wounds. And, but you could also see within it that there are some good things, like okay, like when we didn't, you know, have them running back touchdowns. Like we were able to move the ball down the field a decent amount. We were able to do some solid things. So you can take away those things as well as you know, kind of looking at yourself in the mirror and uh, and checking yourself for the things that you can do. Like starting with that self accountability. So um, yeah, I felt like it was a it was a useful thing. Of course, it doesn't doesn't taste that great, but um, but I feel like going forward, it'll do more do more good than bad.
0: You know, that's the crazy thing, Darren. First drive of the game, you guys are running it great. I mean, you're marching it right down the Dallas Cowboys' throats. I'm like, okay, here we go. Giants picking up right where they left off last year. And can that just happen in a game over four quarters where, like, one play, like that blocked field goal, getting a return for a touchdown? it It felt like from that point forward, you guys were just completely out of sorts.
2: Yes. I believe like the the balance I was there on that first drive and just the the multitude of things that we know we're we're capable of doing and on the, on the offensive end uh can be done and quite frankly it has to be done for four quarters or you're not going to win you know in the NFL if you don't do it for four quarters and consistently do that so that's something that we know has to be done and we know that it can be done but yeah I mean uh, after after that first play and then you know having that uh like the pick six it's like those are things that can you know, be momentum killers on top of, like, already having to, you know, tough day in the rain. You see the other games around the league where guys in the rain, like, it's, just, it's, it's difficult on offense. and just, There's just got to be more uh, crisp on details, things like that. But, yeah, man, we weren't, be, we weren't able to bounce back after that first drive.
0: Well, listen, Darren, don't got to worry about the rain in Arizona in week two. Uh, beautiful dome, <laughs> you know, you'll be ready to rock. Uh, look, for you, man, you know, this is the first year in New York City this is the first year wearing a giant uniform. Talk me through what this kind of transition has been like for you. You know, you're learning a new playbook. You're working with a new quarterback, Daniel Jones. Uh, your first couple of months here in New York, how has it been?
2: Um, I've, I've enjoyed the transition, honestly. Um, it's been, you know, a lot of things. Uh, it's been a lot of football-wise, I, mean, I don't think it could have gone better since April uh, leading up to when the season started. You know, being the playbook was, you know, challenging to learn. But I feel like, you know, I've embraced challenges. And I love things like that. Like, anything that's like a mental challenge, I feel like I thrive with. And, you know, building a relationship with Daniel has been really, really easy, really fun. Just really, you know, no real egos involved. And I feel like the jump, we were able to just, you know, you two guys that do things at a high level and have experience of where you should be in a passing game on a multitude of routes. I feel like that chemistry can really grow pretty quick. So uh, definitely been excited about you know just being in the locker room being a part of the guys being in the city uh doing what local people do like i'm just uh i'm excited to be here i never lived in uh a big city much less you know the biggest city in the world so i'm excited
0: uh what's been your favorite thing to do outside of being on the football field here in
2: big bad new york city darren um you know, I don't, i don't do a whole lot i mean i love like going around just seeing different views um of the city um Smoking a cigar every now and then, going out. There you to go, pizza, that a like, boy.
0: little rooftop, a pretty, little
2: cigar, and away you go. I like that, man. Yeah, pretty I'm a pretty simple guy, man.
0: Uh, have you enjoyed what's what's been the go to Darren Waller restaurant in New York City?
2: Go to restaurant in New York City. Um uh, in the city I like I like catch. I went to catch. That was a really good spot. Um, but shoot, I'm Jersey side, made some good ones. There's so, uh, I yeah, like I Sophia. Yeah, I forget you guys like, are living
0: in Jersey, so you can give me a Jersey spot too. That's totally
2: cool. Yeah, I like Sophia up in Inglewood, up by the TW Bridge. Tenth um, Street Pizza in Hoboken is top tier for me. Uh, yeah, that's probably those are probably the top ones in Jersey for me.
0: Hey, that works. Listen, you've played a long time with Derek Carr. You guys had a relationship. You guys had a rapport. Uh, compare for me playing with Derek Carr for all that amount of time, and and now getting an opportunity to play with Daniel Jones. you notice any similarities?
2: Um, I do notice similarities. I I notice two guys that have, um, you know, had their turn of, you know, the media kind of saying a whole bunch of things about them at certain points in their career, saying that um, they don't know about what they can do, they can't do this, they can't do that, but consistently, like, you know, respond and have continued to show, like, they're... More than capable of playing quarterback at a high level, so you just see like in that coach, just like calm presence. They don't really ride the roller coaster. They know like there's a whole bunch of, could be a whole bunch of noise going on in a bunch of different places, but when they come in, it's time to get back to work. Time to get back up off the mat. Like they're in there and they're they're leading and they're doing things the right way and they're you know bring guys with them. And so those the things the similarities I see in both of those guys. And uh, you know I know that's that's gonna hold true this week. So uh, you know just two solid guys for sure.
0: Um, coming in, Darren. A lot of people, and myself included, they look at you and they say, hey, he's now the number one receiving threat for the New York Giants, and you're a tight end, but we know what a difference a tight end can make. When you got a high-powered, big-time tight end, I mean, listen, look at Kansas City last week when they didn't have Travis Kelsey on the field. Do you kind of like relish in the idea of saying, hey, give me that pressure, give me the rock, I'm going to go and make things happen? Because you're probably one of a handful of guys at the position that you play that ends up being that monster receiving threat. Is that is that something you enjoy that idea of saying, "Hey, just get me the ball, DJ. I'll make it happen."
2: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it's just just from a from a st- from like an everyday standpoint of like, "Hey, play needs to be made. I'm I'm willing to make it. I know we have a lot of guys on our team that can make plays, but I've been, you know, I'm, I'm somebody that's. You know, kind of carried a passing game for a couple of years, for a few years with the Raiders, essentially like being a, like the, the top guy as far as like targets and stuff like that. There's plenty of the guys that made plays, but um, like whatever is asked me, if it's 10 plus or somewhere near 15 targets in the game, I'm going to do that. If it's if it's less than 10, if it's five, six, mm-hmm. like whatever, the however many opportunities are presented, I don't want to necessarily focus on the quantity of the opportunities, but the quality of what I do with them when they come and then those numbers kind of stack up on their own, but yeah, it's just an attitude, like whatever it takes, I'm willing to
0: do. Uh, For somebody that doesn't know Brian Dable, he likes to, you know, let you know how he feels. You see it on the sidelines. Darren, we're not in the huddle. We're not in the meeting rooms. We're not getting the same access that you're getting, but just watching him kind of strut his stuff at training camp and whatnot. I love the fire. I mean, listen, that's a coach. I'd run through a brick wall for as far as I'm concerned. What has it been like? And I know it's early, and you only been with Brian Dable now for a week, but kind of talk the Giant fan through what it's like playing for this head coach.
2: Um, I, I love playing for him, man. Like that—that that fire is definitely there, and it's like, like you said, it, it should be there. You know, you're, you're demanding men to uh, play at a high level and inspiring them to do so. And if if that's not happening, then you're gonna hear about it, and that's I feel like that's how it should be. But it's also like he creates an environment where you know guys know that they're respected as pros. Guys know that um, you know they're loved and appreciated, and they know that he's cre- he's creating a a fun environment. For guys to work every day because you need that to go, especially uh, you know come off a game like we just had. Like you have guys that are like, hey, like I want to be around these men. I want to be able to you know just continue on this journey and go on to the next step. And uh, I feel like he creates an environment for guys to be able to do that, whether they make a mistake, however many mistakes are made, it's a next play mentality and next week mentality. And, you know, we're here and we're ready to do that because he creates that for us.
0: Uh, Darren, biggest key, you guys are going to get a win Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. What's got to be different than what we saw on Sunday?
2: Um, you know, start from the offensive side of the ball, uh, we start with ball security, protecting the ball, um, not turning it over. Uh, that goes for everybody. The guys catching the ball, the guys running the ball. Um, you know, anybody that may be blocking, like, it's all collective as far as that front. And just to be able to sustain drives, um, finish and score and, and score seven points as much as as possible. You know, we, we have a great kicker. And, and you know, we, as an offense, we, our goal should be to keep him on the on the sideline until it's time to kick an extra point. You know, so it's, it's having that mindset. Uh, but, yeah, just sustaining drives and protecting the football.
0: Darren, final one, I always wonder with the tight ends because you guys are such, like, a unique blend I mean you're a super freak of an athlete dude and I say that in the most complimentary way I wish I could do the things you do on a football field or to be honest Darren, anything in life because you're just super crazy athletic and talented who was the tight end that Darren Waller watched as a kid and said I want to be like him
2: um so I didn't switch to tight end until my second year in the league so that was like when I was like oh, okay like started focusing on tight ends more I guess Um, and the first one that came to mind of like, when they told me I was switching, I was like, I think I'm going to go watch, uh, Jimmy Graham. He looks pretty, like he was pretty solid out there. Like when he, back when he was on the Saints, especially. And, And, um, but there were so many good, I mean, Travis, this was 2016. So Travis Kelsey was still doing his thing. Um, Greg Olson was in the league, still putting up thousand yard numbers, um, Delaney Walker was good back then. So I was just, like, making a list of all these guys. Like, who can I watch? Who's really killing it? But uh, I'll say Jimmy Graham was probably the top one. You know,
0: that's crazy, Darren, that you transitioned from positions. You know, I forgot about that. It totally slipped my mind. And it's a testament to you because you've turned yourself into one hell of a tight end. I think you're going to have a monstrous career with the New York Giants. One last time, what do you got cooking with Icy
2: Hot? Yeah, I mean, Icy Hot is uh, a company I've been able to partner with for the last couple of years. Um, really with the message of, you know, whether you're a big time athlete, whether you're, you know, somebody that's, you know, a weekend warrior working out, whatever you do, like uh, people are in pain, some parts of their body, wherever it may be, everybody's got something that's going on. And in order for you to get back out and do what you want to do, you got to have something that can help relieve that pain for you. And so just trying to spread that message because it's something that's helped me as somebody, like I said, not into taking painkillers any longer. So it's, uh, it's been very useful for me. I just want to spread the message to people to help them keep them on their feet, keep them doing what they love to do.
0: Darren, that's an incredible message. Uh, you're an easy guy to root for. Continued success. I hope you scored 20 touchdowns this year. Just take it easy on my Dolphins because the last time you played the Dolphins, holy <laughs> smokes, they couldn't guard you. By the way, was that the craziest game? I know it wasn't the way you wanted it to go in Vegas. That had to be one of the craziest games with Fitzmagic a few years ago right after Christmas. I mean, that game was one of the most holy shit games I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, that was that was heart wrenching. He threw that. Uh, he was looking out of his ear hole and still threw a dark grabbing a face mask. I was like, "What the hell
0: is going on here?"
2: It had me sick.
0: <laughs> I understand that. Listen, you torch my team, so score twenty touchdowns. Just uh, go for one hundred and fifty yards with no touchdowns in a game. Uh, when you point down <laughs> in South Florida, Darren, all the best, man. Thanks for a few minutes. All right.
2: Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you, man.
0: That's Darren Waller, the tight end of the New York Giants. We're coming right back. All right, ton of fun. Uh, I'm sorry we had to be so therapeutic for you, Jeff fans, today. But listen, that's the reality of the NFL situation that we have. We'll see what Zach Wilson has in store for maybe the best defense in front seven in the NFL. Thursday, Friday pod. the Caesar Cats. It's like the law firm. Week two, football Friday. Good job by Stefan. Thanks to Fleegs. Thanks to Darren Waller. JJ out. We're back early Friday morning. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in present select states. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800 Gambler or visit fanduel.com/org in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1 800 now within Indiana. 1 800 522 4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1 877 770 stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1 800 dot in West Virginia or call 1 800 522 4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1 800 327 5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.
1: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers.